0: yeah
1: So you guys just had this experience last weekend? Or yes, two yes. weekends ago. Last no, weekend.
0: Last weekend in um New Hampshire. Yeah.
1: And what exactly was it?
0: Um we did a little ayahuasca. There was a lot of firsts for me. Yeah. Um but we did an ayahuasca ceremony, two days um of a ceremony amongst some other things that we I tried out for yeah. the first time. For like
1: people that. who don't know what ayahuasca is, what is it? i
2: <laughs> <try and depress. laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, I don't know. Nobody knows what the hell this thing is. Um, so it's a, it's a plant medicine. It's been um, being used in typically the Amazon jungles um, of Peru, Brazil, Colombia um, for what they say about 5,000 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really, it's, it's two plants that they combined into one. Um, so it's the, it's the chacruna uh, leaf and the ayahuasca vine. Um, and they're basically cooked down together and, you know, into this kind of earthy tea um, substance. And uh, and you drink it. Um, so similar to if people have any understanding of the plant medicine world, uh, like a mushroom or uh, maybe peyote they've seen in a movie or something out in the desert, you know, somebody on some trip out there. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one of the um, plant medicines that that people use in ceremonial um, spaces so that's mainly what this conversation is going to be
0: about today right (laughs) (laughs) i I think it's kind of hard to like brush brush over it like surface level i think the only way to really get into it is to like really kind of get into what the experience was like um and for me it was my first time i don't know how many times that was my uh sixth ceremony wow yeah Yeah. so i was supposed to join him probably over the beginning of the summer maybe the spring yeah and uh, I was doing 75 hard and I didn't want to like jeopardize my progress with For that sure. but I think ultimately I kind of like I kind of pushed that a little bit. Mm. I was a little scared, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we got uh, we got Mike and we got Pete on here. Um I met you, I don't know, 2 weeks ago or yeah, something like just that. A few weeks you ago. invited me in and we basically we just had a like I walked in the door and we just had this super deep conversation. So <laughs> I figured, you know, we just come on here and just shoot the shit. Um all three of us are filmmakers. So you do a lot of weddings, you yeah. do a lot of like construction kind of things. Yeah, B2B. Yeah, that's yeah, no, awesome. So let's dive in. Like, what is this ayahuasca? Like, what is it? what does it do? Like, chemically, does it do something to your brain? Um, why would someone want to do it? That Yeah, kind of thing. yeah
2: interesting, right? Um, the what does it do is a pretty, uh, <laughs> yeah. you can open the door with that one. Um, yeah, so chemically, a lot, I think a lot of people, you're coming at it from a, like uh, like more of that scientific mind right you're saying like what is this doing in my brain
1: um yes and no i would say spiritually mm. even more so
2: yeah if it does that that's where your interest is probably but it
1: obviously does something chemically in your, in your brain
2: yes so chemically what it's doing is there are two there's many active compounds right so even when um for instance when cannabis was first made legal that's when they started to study it and really pull it apart. And that's why you can see at gas stations now like, Oh, CBD and Delta nine and Delta Freaking 13, whatever these things they've pulled out all of the compounds. So at one point it was marijuana gets you high because of THC. And that was it. That's all we knew about it. Right? Um, so, You know, to basically say that the active ingredients in um, in ayahuasca is basically DMT, dimethyltryptamine, is the active psycho um, you know psychedelic uh, component in it. Um, But there's also an MAOI inhibitor. Okay, so Mm -hmm. if you were just to chew on some you know chacruna leaves without the MAOI inhibitor, you'd have no effect. Huh. So your stomach would break down all of the active ingredients, and there would be there would be no effect. Um, so the MAOI inhibitor that's in the vine is what basically keeps it so it can stay in your system longer, be more of slow release, and get through the blood brain barrier. Yeah. Um, so there's that being said, since it's not been studied really really in depth, I think there's some studies going on now that will get there we don't know all of the other components of this thing right because all of these plants have m- multiple mm. compounds in them um, but DMT's been um, called like the spirit molecule um, it's a- actively in um, it's in your brain already yeah when you die doesn't it release from your body yeah so the, the highest amounts they think are uh, produced in your brain when you are dreaming and and, and upon death. Hmm. And it is basically called the Vine of Death, or as we learned from uh, the medicine carrier, this most recent one, he called it the uh, Spirit Noose, which was
0: a very interesting and kind of creepy way to put it. But it's like, oh, okay. Um, Did he explain that to us leading into the first ceremony? No,
2: that was integration in the last day. That was after both ceremonies. That's right. That probably would have freaked
0: me out if it was like, (laughs) hey, by the way, what you're about to do is called, you know, like the noose of the dead or whatever yeah sure i'm like i don't know maybe i shouldn't really do this because <laughs> i was already a little nervous <laughs> yeah so
1: you've done it six seven times
0: yeah i've had
2: six experiences and
1: you just did it your first time how first, was how was your first every time because you have a different perspective than he does
0: yeah absolutely i have nothing kind of to compare it to yeah right? exactly he sat with different shamans in different locations and i think the environment that you do it in probably plays a big effect on what the experience is going to be like right yeah. so if you're in a much bigger group in like a a dirt hut in the jungles of peru probably going to be a wildly different experience than what what we felt Wait,
1: Where where do you guys do it again
0: um it was at somebody's house they were okay. facilitating the ceremony so um it's somebody that pete yeah knows and connected with previously and it was a very um loving uh caring kind of environment like they were her and her husband and her son were facilitating along with the shaman and they were just watching over us so anything that you needed while you were kind of going through your experience with the medicine they were providing that for you so Mm -hmm. i think that helped calm my nerves Mm -hmm. a lot um and created an experience where it was pretty comfortable experience overall the first night I didn't really connect with the medicine I was very distracted so while while I'm laying back in my spot like in my on my yoga yoga mat you know everybody's kind of doing their own thing off on their own journey but I was very distracted by what was going on in the room Um, and I expressed that the next day at integration like you know I feel like I didn't have an experience at all Um, after going through integration which is basically the process of the following day, kind of just sharing what your experience was, you share as much or as little that you're comfortable with, with the group that's there. And then you learn a lot from what somebody else went through. And you can apply kind of their lessons to things that maybe you're dealing with in your own life. Um, so here I am going into coming out of the first night thinking I got nothing out of it. But turns out I actually did get a lot out of it. I just didn't have like a body or a um, like a trip, like a visual experience. Yeah. Um, it was more, just kind of getting the clutter out of the way, and kind of, I think, getting my bearings on what was going to happen the second night. Because what happened the second night was like mm. a completely different experience. It was, really? it yeah. was pretty wild. Huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it
2: was, it was great to, to kind of be there to see that. Because when he was explaining it in integration the next morning, it was, it was cool because you hear him saying like, oh, and then this happened, and, and I'm there like. Yeah, that was the experience. Like, and then I watched it click with him. He was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, wow." Because all of this kind of awareness came over him in the situation, um, and it was cool because my every experience is completely different. So, um, you know, the medicine kind of does what it's going to do. You go in with an intention, and you and you want to get something out of it, um, and most of the t- many times that is met directly it's like Mm -hmm. okay here are some answers and you're like oh well crap that happened quickly what else can we do while i'm here you know what i mean um but it was cool because mike's first experience was very similar to mine um so when he was explaining that first experience i'm like that was mine man it was monkey mind it just really shows you that you know we need to be mindful of everything we're kind of reading seeing listening to i mean your long-term memory is storing everything you've ever ever Mm. experienced through your senses yeah and then all of a sudden you take this (laughs) compound that you dive deep into your subconscious and all of a sudden you're like what is all this garbage in here Mm. and you're distracted by it you know yeah so Um, what
1: was the biggest realization you had
0: i think from the first night was just um how easily distracted i am Mm -hmm. and how much i was more aware of what other people were going through in the room and mm. even what the facilitators like what their observation of me was that night so there was a part of that first night where i'm laying back and i have my eyes closed and i'm trying i'm i'm expecting there to be like this wild visual body experience that yeah. first night so that's where my expectation is but i'm finding myself that oh pete moved a little bit and he's on the other side of the room what's i wonder what's going on with pete or. <laughs> You know, what are they okay. thinking of me? Like, they could see I'm not really going through any experience. Like, so instead of just kind of being you are inward. All,
1: you were all external yeah. instead of exactly, internal. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, so that was kind of yeah. like my takeaway from that after integration the next morning was, oh, that's kind of how I am in life. Where mm-hmm. as much as I like to say I don't really give a shit what anybody else thinks of me, I think it is still a big part of what has held me back in other areas of my life specifically business and maybe relationships right um you know I'm doing this for like my business right I'm doing this so I could provide for my family so I could finally Mm -hmm. do something that makes me happy I don't have to answer to somebody else anymore um, which is like a whole nother story of of how that transition happened but I think I still do place a lot of value in what other people think of me and what they're going to think of a piece of content I put out or a video project I work on or or something like that and maybe I shouldn't place as much value on those yeah. and or at least <laughs> not to the point where it's going to be distracting mm. so I think that first night was kind of clarification like oh dude you are so easily distracted and worrying about what everybody else is doing yeah just focus on yourself mm. yeah so ultimately I think that was like night one the key takeaway yeah yeah
2: that's such a huge, that's such a huge takeaway though, because yeah. that has, that theme has come to me in every ceremony and the way it's shown to me is always just tend to your own garden. That's kind of like literally mm. what is, I can see it, I can hear it. Um, and I can take that figuratively as well as literally, right? Yeah. It's, it's very powerful.
1: I know it's probably difficult too, but can you just try to explain the experience to me the best way you can? <laughs> Obviously everyone has a different experience with it, yeah. but yeah um it kind of opens up like a new portal i'm assuming to your subconscious yeah, what yeah that's one seeing? way to put it <laughs> how do you, how do you feel um is there anxiety involved with it
2: um does it depend who you
1: are that kind of thing yeah
2: good question I, I would i would imagine from all the people i've spoken to um in ceremony so this was very small there was 8 of us all together so a very wow. small ceremony yeah. i've done ones that had maybe I, Closer to thirty, still that's a pretty small group you can get to talk to. I don't know people. why I'm visualizing you guys are just like gathered around like a fire. Uh, at some point, <laughs> at you, some unless, unless you're yeah, just okay. like a human burrito and you can't do that, then that's me. I'm just laying there, uh, wrapped up in a blanket. These guys Is are it, out at the fire.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pete was a pile of sheets. The yeah, whole weekend. <laughs> I'll yeah. show you a picture of the fire. Yeah, of the room. That uh, we were in. Yeah. Okay. So to explain
2: the uh, the experience was that the question yeah. kind of like what's it like. Um, it's it's interesting because again it's it's so specific to each person, and then it's so specific to each um, encounter you have with the medicine. So I've had wildly um, visual experiences where um, lots of visions and lots of kind of like insights that are coming through, whereas some people have had fully physical experiences and, and almost never have a visual, don't see a vision or have anything come to them, but they have this like really, you know, it depends what they need, right? Um they can have this really loving, warm kind wow. of feeling over them um, where they feel nurtured and and loved. Um there was a, you know, there was somebody in ceremony that um told a beautiful story about like healing his inner child and going um, basically, he, he felt this really this, this sadness and um, it was about his mother not, you know caring for him and being abusive when, when he was younger. And um, he, he saw himself, he saw a, a young child crying in, in the bedroom. So he went into the room and sat with him and just held him. and he said, "I just was so sad and I was so, you know felt so alone, but as I just held myself as a younger child there, and he's like, I just went into that sadness. I just allowed that sadness to be there. And the interesting part is backing up just a little bit. It started with a, uh, a pain in his side. And he said he's had this pain in his side for years. And it pops up at different times. And it's very uncomfortable. And he doesn't know if it's muscular or what, what's going on there, if it's a cramp of some sort. And he started to explore that. Like, What is this? So mm. right, his experience started in the body. He's like, what is this in my body? So he started to feel that, and he started to go into that space in his body. So like you would do in almost a yoga meditation where you're scanning through the body, yeah. he, he must have scanned, went to that spot, and then saw himself as a, as a child. Right. Then he started to comfort that child, he stayed in that sadness, and then he said at some point in that sadness, his inner child looked up at him, he was wearing a Star Wars, a Millennium Falcon shirt, and he's like, Oh, you like Star Wars? I I like Star Wars. Whoa. And he's like, Oh, cool, yeah, cool. So he's like now talking to himself as a kid. And uh he handed his child version of himself, his inner child, uh, Star Wars toy. Wow. And then he's like, then he took the toy and ran off. And as he was running off, he's like, I basically created like an Ewok village like in the forest for him to like run off to. And he's like, mm-hmm. like, see you later. You know, one of those deals. And that pain in his side that he's been carrying for probably a decade or more wow. was gone. And it's part of his healing. When you talk about a year and a half ago, um, he was suicidal and he was ready to be be done and, and give up on life. And he found the medicine by kind of accident and has healed himself in these in these ceremonies to the point where I'm having a conversation with him. I'm like, how are, how are you? And he's like, I'm living, man. I'm here to live. Like, mm. he is no longer there. He is no yeah. longer suicidal. He is not on medication. He was treatment-resistant with depression um, from those early childhood traumas. So for him to go to one of the major traumas and heal it, I mean, he's he he no longer needs medication for that. Right? Yeah. That's gone. That's completely out of him now. It's crazy. So that's an experience that somebody else had s- right next to me.
1: Yeah, so it's I guess it's a way to deal with trauma. It's one of the things it is. Yeah. So why did how did you find it, and what did you what what was the biggest takeaway
2: you've gotten from the six times that you've gone? Man, like, it, how has it changed your life? How has it changed you? Yeah, it's interesting to to ask that. I was talking. My cousin kind of asked that the other day. Is like be aware of how it's changing or how it changes you. Um, so I I started looking into this uh, probably in two thousand and. Say like 2002, around the time I graduated from college, I was like, I want to take a cool trip somewhere. I started looking around, saw Machu Picchu, right? The Incas and stuff. I was like, Oh, that, where is this? Like in, in the Andes and Peru. I'm like, This is amazing. Maybe I'll go there. So I started looking into it. I started looking into the Inca people. I was like, What were these guys doing up here? You know what I mean? Uh, they just <laughs> disappeared off the earth. You're like, There's some mystery around Machu Picchu and that whole thing. Then I started to research what was going on in the jungle at that time. Um, and ayahuasca was part of that. And I was like, what is that? And at the time, you couldn't really partake in any sort of plant medicine like that anywhere in the United States. It It was solely from what I understood in Peru so now you can go to Colombia. Now okay. you can do it in freaking New York, Pennsylvania. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, it wasn't even available in Colombia, Brazil. I don't think they were open to it with um, you call it like tourism yet, right? It's become a very touristy thing, which has its has its problems as well. Um, so I had interest in that, um, and and younger like younger <laughs> me in life, I had a, a couple of psychedelic experiences that were challenging, right? Um, so I knew it wasn't to be like messed with, this isn't like, um, this isn't something that you take just for fun. Like people that take it and go to concerts or something like a, like an LSD or a mushrooms or something fine. (laughs) But like, for me, it was always like a very inward thing. Like I would be like, everybody's having a good time and I'm having a good time. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, I got to go lay down and like, just go inward. And Mm -hmm. so I realized that that could be like, that could be a scary place because it's going to show you your shit. And once it shows you that, you have two choices. You have one, which is try to stuff it down farther and not look at it and not deal with it. Well, it's there. It's it's gonna pop back up in some other way. Or you have a choice to to integrate that into um, to learn from from that. So that's a long way of saying like I found it a long long time ago. Um, knew what this thing was. Was very interested in it, but scared shitless of this because it's like yeah yeah, man what's scarier than like your own your own mind or the demons that you've created right right? that you might not even know yeah because you have to face those demons i don't know yeah yeah i mean they're gonna pop up like the good stuff and the bad stuff is going to pop up so um yeah it's almost
1: like it's becoming more aware of who you are it's uncovering those demons that
2: you didn't really know you had yeah, and it's also I think it's uncovering some of the beauty that maybe you've taken for granted too. Mm. So it's not always like, hey, let's go in there and clear out the the bullshit. It's right. like, hey, let's find this like, let's find this little mm. nugget that like really made you feel great and be appreciative for something that maybe you couldn't be appreciative at the time. Mm. So, in my last ceremony, I had a kind of like a repressed memory come up that was. Uh, I was in first grade. My father died when I was seven. Um, and I was taken out of class, I guess, once I returned to class after the funeral. I don't remember the funeral. I don't have a lot of memories from this. And it's crazy, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm seven. It's like, should have some memories. But they must be just like pretty pushed down there. So I had a memory where... A woman took me out of class. I think she held my hand, walked me through the hallway. We sat down in a a very small office and almost felt like a closet. You know what I mean? It was very small. Um, But she she spoke to me and she's just like, How are you feeling? I understand you've lost your father and blah, blah, blah. And she introduced herself. She's like, My name's Mrs. Walker. And she like walked her hand across the table. Um, And it was just a small thing that like for her was probably, you know, Hey, it's Tuesday. Some kid's dad died. I got to talk to him. This is my job. I'm the school counselor or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But for me, it was like I looked back at that scenario and I was like, that really made me feel like cared for and loved. And it was interesting that I was like, I have uh, I have a lot of um, I'm thankful for that experience. It was a small experience, but it's weird. Like that just popped up like, hey, be thankful for Mrs. Walker. It's like I don't even remember some of my teachers names. It's like I had one experience with this lady for. 30 minutes probably yeah she probably just gave you a feeling that you never felt before yeah she yeah. just was like hey if you need anything we're, we're here
0: i understand this has got to be tough and i was like cool thanks just funny how you didn't even really think about the impact of that until you were like in your 40s yeah it's like hey it's like <laughs> it's like, it's like 37 <laughs> years later i'm like yo
2: shout out to mrs walker <laughs> hope you're doing good love to buy a breakfast you know what i yeah. mean yeah. um so it, it shows you that too and it shows you like you know all the all the beauty, and it gives you this feeling. It gives me this feeling, I guess, when we talk about it. It's kind of like you speak in a, in the me, uh, because I, I don't know what it does for other people, but um, it does give me a feeling of that. You know, we're special. Like humans, humans are special, and we're connected to to the planet. And you're you're not separate from the the plants, the animals, the air we breathe. We're all this we're all one thing um so i think it makes it very hard for you to be like a terrible person Mm. if you go to plant medicine because it's like hey man if you're hurting someone else like you're hurting yourself if you're hurting the planet you're hurting yourself like how can you do that Mm. when like this is such a gift you know this life is a gift that's crazy man yeah
0: yeah i mean the experience of that connection thing it even goes across um I don't know if this mic's a little hot I'm, I'm hearing like a little double a double voice of me mm-hmm. but um the connection that you feel even with the people that you do the ceremony with like coming into that first day we showed up we had like a six hour drive so we show up last and then we had time to like put our bags down find a spot and then we were kind of like off to the races we didn't yeah. have a lot of time to kind of mm-hmm. you know socialize with some of the people there and you know, first glance, I'm like, oh, this guy seems a little standoffish, or this girl's a little wacky, like, what's her deal, you know, mm-hmm. this guy, I put my hand out to shake his hand, he's blind, he can't even see me standing there, and I feel stupid, you know, <laughs> so there's a lot of, like, awkward moments kind of going into it, Sure. and then I'll tell you what, by that next morning, you feel completely connected to everybody else who went through that experience, even though everybody had their own individual journey that they went on, yep. hearing... Pete's integration or somebody else's integration the next morning you take a lot of lessons from that as well and and you learn a lot about them but I think it applies in most cases you yeah. could apply it to something that you're going through as well. Sure. And that the medicine definitely does something where it you know I had a certain expectation going into it it brought me somewhere completely different but I think it knew what I needed to deal with, you know, maybe something I've been avoiding. Talking about or suppressing a feeling, and that's what it brought to the forefront yeah. that second night for me. So um, the connection with everybody, um, like yeah, you feel that connection with like the earth and mm-hmm. and everything is one. And like I am like but a small speck in this you know this big yeah. amazing thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what my part is, but everybody who's in this room, at least we feel this weird connection that um, you know we've kind of gone through a healing process together even though we're all healing different things individually yeah Mm -hmm. it was pretty cool yeah
2: Yeah. and i think too part of that is to your point is like you're aware that everybody there is there to become better yeah like people are there literally to be like let me be just a better version of myself like i'm not coming out of this like a worse person so you're kind of there (laughs) being like hey, go team. Like I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're rooting for those other people. Um, back to the beginning when you're kind of like, what does it do chemically or any of that stuff? The plant category that these are in are called entheogens and they're very like heart opening. So the wow. way the the plants work on your you know, system energetically too, is it really just, it opens you up, which can be like, Dangerous if you're not like a grounded person, yeah. Um, so, um, warnings to anybody with mental health disorders like um bipolar, uh, borderline personality that can be tough. Um, and they are not you cannot take this medicine um, when you're on any Uh, sort of SSRI medication because of something called serotonin syndrome. Um, because the DMT will bind to those serotonin receptors, and if those serotonin receptors are already blocked up with medication. They have nowhere to go, and your your brain can get flooded with uh, with too much DMT. Um, so just a warning for for that. Do your research. Speak to your doctor if you're going to do something like this. You would have to be weaned off of basically all medication. Yeah. And heading into ceremony, there's something called the dieta, which is just you know just put the letter A on the end of the word diet. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a <laughs> It's just the fancy way to saying like you're gonna have a diet. It's going to. Um, include eliminating a lot of things from your, your diet, like um, food and physically, but also um, mentally as Content well. Content and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. be careful what you you look at and read and listen to. Um, and the last part of that is one of the things it does um, from like a physiological standpoint is it takes your default mode network of your brain completely offline for the time that you're on the medication. The default mode network is basically mm. where your personality uh, lives a lot of time, that's where the ego lives yeah, in your brain. Yeah. So a lot of your sense of self is located in that area. So when that comes offline, it sort of pulls away a lot of those pieces that are like, I'm Pete, I'm a photographer and I'm a this and that mm-hmm. And it can take that away. and then what's left is like, holy shit, what a- what am I? What am I? Like <laughs> what is this? And then it does reveal that like when you pull off of the the conditioning that we've had we put on on top of everything, there's something that sits there. Yeah. That's the awareness of, and you're like, what is that? So huh. that's the interesting thing. The awareness is, and I had a, an experience where that's what kind of was coming up. It was showing. It was saying like, well, you are awareness. Like so, you're in an experience and you're feeling it and you're experiencing this thing. Um, and a lot of times that's where people's pain and suffering can come from because you're just so emotionally wrapped up in something yeah but if you can just sort of zoom out just one more step and and just mm. i'm just awareness of this thing that's happening
1: yeah your awareness of your thoughts like you are not your thoughts You're but there's something there's something
2: behind
1: the thoughts
2: yeah what is that yeah when you do a meditation and there's a classic one right that's kind of like <coughs> do a meditation and then um quiet your mind and then basically you say like what is my next thought and then a thought pops up you're like, where did that come? Where did that <laughs> thought come from? Yeah, like whose thought was that? Hmm.
1: You think that's like energy from the heart or the soul, or you think that's just like different parts of your
2: brain? It's so tough, right? Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people. I, kn- I know people. I have somebody in mind that would be like, well, just part of your brain. Um, <laughs> for me, it feels like there is a uh, collective field, like the collective consciousness, where kind of everything comes from. Yeah. Um, and then you're channeling that stuff based on the frequency that you are tuned into. Right. So it's why, you know, people that have a terrible attitude always have terrible experiences with shitty people in their lives at all times mm. because that's the channel you're on, bro. Right. Yeah. Like you're going to go out into the world and be faced with um, that same frequency. So if you're tuning into, you know, a cleaner channel or a higher channel, then you're going to get better um, – information from kind of source like where that where that lives you know and yeah. if you can really clean up your system i think you can um you can just channel clearer energies from whatever you want to call that you know some people are afraid to to say god sometimes it's source sometimes it's potentially your higher dimensional self right so as we learn more about um how the you know how our universe is constructed strings string theory kind of proposes 11 dimensions well, all of those dimensions are happening right here as well. We're just only experiencing three. Um, that's what our, our mm. awareness is in. So we could also be existing in those higher dimensions, like communicating down into the 3D. So those intuitions that you get or those messages you get, sure, they could be coming from God. They can be coming from your higher dimensional self that's kind of moving the avatar mm. down here in 3D. You
1: Interesting. Know? Yeah, what is a what has this experience done to you you know your faith and like how do you and how you see God and how you're connected to God?
0: Yeah so it was interesting for me because leading into it um, this past year or let's say last year I lost my job right I was at a place for 13 years. It was kind of devastating. Um, I found myself like very, very depressed dealing with a lot of anxiety not being able to um, know how I was going to provide for my family and all this right. I did a lot of things to try to, what I thought was lift myself out of that pain. Um, a lot of smoking of weed, like five blunts a day. I was seeing a therapist who was falling asleep in the sessions. Like it was completely not all therapists are created (laughs) equal. Apparently (laughs) I was like checking a box, but also hoping this guy was going to help me out. And it just didn't help. Um, and the only thing that really lifted me out of that depression was finding God and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think what Pete was talking about where, you know, the negative person always finds negative things happening to them. It's the same thing when somebody comes to Christ or finds God and they start praying and then they say, all of a sudden, now that I've kind of relinquished um, a lot of the control to God or Jesus or a higher power, now all these great things are happening to me. And it was something that I experienced. Mm -hmm. Once I started praying on a daily basis, I found that I was being blessed with opportunities and I was able to see opportunities coming my way and make, you know, strong decisions on whether to move towards them or if it wasn't right for me so there was this thing for me um where i was hoping to have an experience through ayahuasca where i would talk to god or jesus so i was reading like a lot of scriptures leading into it i brought a prayer book with me like i was trying to prime my brain to like go down that pathway and that's not what happened at all it actually it actually brought me back to just stuff that i'm dealing with currently within my household you know marriage stuff mm-hmm. you know my relationship with my wife my um own perceived relationship with my son i have a nine-year-old son and how i'm performing as a father and i think a lot of that is comparing how my relationship with my father went and the fact that he's you know recovered alcoholic my parents got divorced when I was eight. My mother got remarried to somebody who was bipolar, schizophrenic, mm. was physically and mentally abusive to us as children, um, mm. namely me and my older brother Brian. Yeah. So, like, it, f- it, <laughs> I had this expectation and this wanting and this hope that I would go into the weekend having like a godly experience, mm. and I think I did in a way, but not yeah. how I pictured it would happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, clouds up, would JC? open up. Yeah. yeah what's up, bro? Like, hey, you know, like you uh you know here we are like what's up man let me tell you a little bit about your your faith and you know you know what that means but instead it brought me to things that i just need to deal with now Mm. in uh life with my wife and my son and 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 my own perception of how i'm performing um and it was extremely um it was extremely helpful um but it's exactly what i needed so Mm. again like the medicine kind of knows what you need and what direction you need to go in. And then it brings you there as much as you want to go somewhere else and maybe deal with something else or just look at some pretty, a pretty light show, which is kind of what was happening in the beginning of my uh, second day. And then I was like, well, this is really nice and it's pretty and it's amazing, but I'm here to do some work. And I had that thought. And then that's when the stuff of my son and my (laughs) wife and family stuff came up. So, um, but I think what it did for me on a kind of like in relation to um, spiritually and my connection with God, it just I've never been a big um, like a, a strong believer in like contr- like controlled religions or, you know, it's more uh, my, my mother's Jewish. My father's Irish Catholic, both hippies, never kind of raised to do one or the other. But I kind of had more of a um, agnostic approach to it where I believed in God, but just not like a certain sect, like controlling, you know, the words and the Mm texts. And Mm -hmm. um, since I've, you know, kind of been building a relationship with Jesus, it's been interesting to still have the perspective of like, yeah, this was an amazing man, you know, whether you want to believe he was the son of God or or not, whatever. Or if maybe you believe a different religion, it all kind of leads to the same place where, you know, we all believe in God. Yeah. It's just kind of our path to get there is a little different. Right. So now it kind of it gave me a perspective of um, there's a lot of similarities amongst all these faiths. And Definitely. even even being an atheist is a, a religion in itself. Like, it's right. the belief of no belief, you know? It's like, so you really have to believe that as well. Um, but it, it really allowed me to have, I think, a, a greater connection with the path I'm on, leading to the same thing that we're all kind of mm. leading to, or the same thing that we all came from, this higher yeah. power, this this source, as you know, Pete mm. calls it. Um, it was a beautiful experience for me coming out of it. Um, I feel like I healed a lot of, of what was really bothering me heading into last weekend but um like the shaman had said you know ayahuasca isn't going to fix your problems what it's going to do is help you find the root cause of a problem Mm -hmm. now that you're aware of it now you (laughs) can do do the the work work. yeah Yeah, now you can do the work to go fix it right um so it's about you know if i kind of dive a little bit into some of the stuff that i was dealing with in my in my journey this this last weekend was you know marriage is is a work in progress every day right Mm -hmm. it's not always the best it's going to be and it's not always the worst although sometimes it could seem like one or the other of those extremes but it's it's a relationship where two people are are aware or should be aware that you know there are concessions that need to be made and that also um you know it's it's work in a lot of ways every day Mm -hmm. it's kind of like realizing things that you can do better to bring more value to your partner's life Um, and, and really just trying to find like true happiness and joy with this person in your experience. So, um, my marriage hasn't always been that easy. So my wife and I are constantly working on, you know, communication, which is a big part of it. And also just kind of better understanding that even though we are two different people and, you know, we're kind of on our own, I forget somebody had said it, like we're on our own experiences, but we're like holding hands along the way and we're like helping each other kind of get yeah through yeah. our experience your spouse your spouse's job isn't to make you a happy person you're either happy and you're happy being with them or you're not and these are decisions that everything everybody has to make in their relationships but um it kind of forced me the medicine forced me to kind of face some of that stuff that i was kind of suppressing a little bit yeah and realizing that if i want my marriage to work if i want it to be the best um the best that it it has been or it can be then it can be that was kind of like the simple answer that i got out of it was does my marriage have to fail does it have to fall apart what can i do to um make it work were like some of the questions i was asking while i was going through the medicine and then the simple answer at the end was if you don't want it to fall apart it doesn't have to and what does that mean for me it means for me personally be more aware of how i talk to her her sensitivity her emotions right um mm. being present for her the way that she needs me to be there not the way that i think she should receive me you know mm. because men and women you know, <coughs> newsflash we're we're kind of different creatures yeah. You know? yeah, like we operate on different sure. frequencies um so i got a lot out of it but now it's like now that i see it and i'm a, more aware of it well now what are you going to do about it mike are you like, and i shared this experience with my wife and i think that's a healing part of it as well yeah. even if she's not like going on this journey with me personally um she's now aware that hey i'm more aware mm-hmm. and i'm going to do my part to try to you know bring up my end of the deal here here yeah. and meet you in the middle and then as long as the other person yeah. is willing to do the same then i think all marriages can work no matter how hard it might seem today Right. And then the experience I had with my son, when I started thinking of my son, I was overwhelmed with sadness and it really was driving me crazy. And I'm, I'm in the medicine. I got a shirt over my eyes. I'm like curled into a ball and I'm crying uncontrollably. And I hear and it's funny because you're very when you're on ayahuasca, you're very aware of what's happening around you. Yeah. You might not be able to act on something. But when somebody starts crying across the room, I could hear that. The first night I would have been completely absorbed in why they were crying. What are they going through? Yeah. The second night, my experience was so heavily connected with the medicine that even though I heard somebody else crying or even purging and, and throwing up, I um I was like, Oh, that's happening. Now like let's focus on what we're dealing with here. So um <laughs> it was it was a pretty wild experience to kind of go through that range of emotion and then also Trying to figure out why I was feeling so sad when right. my son's image came up, because I would think that he would, you know, make me uh, feel happy, which is, I think, why the thought came up initially. And then I'm like, why am I feeling sad not joy or happiness? And then as I'm going through that journey, I realized that it's because I'm, I'm afraid that I'm failing him as a mm-hmm. father yeah. and, that I, and that I'm not doing a great job. And then as I start diving deeper and deeper into there, and my emotions are just kind of weighing over me, just like with my the answer, kind of with the issue with my my relationship with my wife, it just hit me. It's mm-hmm. like you're not failing him. Like, what are you so upset about? Yeah, you're not failing him. There's always room for improvement as a father and as you know, a husband. But but that you're was doing a great that was job.
1: underlying like your biggest fear to fail, to fail him, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was deep with, with inside you. It was. And you didn't I've been realize carrying it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: So it's like now that I'm aware of it and I know that one, I'm not failing him. I'm doing a great job. Yeah. All right. But stay focused, you know? Yeah. Always be aware of this little sponge that's absorbing the things that I'm doing and saying and I'm teaching around him. And, and, uh, right, we back. Cool. Is yeah. there
1: anything else that you wanted to add on to that um, story?
0: So, I mean, just kind of overall the experience. Um, that second day, like I said, was a much different experience than the first night. And, there's there's no way to explain the whole night because it no. was like a very long, drawn out, amazing experience. But essentially what's going to happen when you do the ceremony from what my limited knowledge now. First night is kind of like a, a kind of feeling out phase for, I think, a shaman if he's if he's being careful and he's so kind le- of very aware less dose the first night I f- so he has to mix the drink right he has like a uh it's concentrated. Like a concentrated.
2: <laughs> yeah it's a concentrate he made it Dang. definitely weaker the first night because he's yeah. like there were two people out of the eight that it was their first experience so he's like all right let's there's three. Three. Oh, there
0: three. um it was Tony it was, oh his oh, first time his? as well
2: yeah wow okay oh true Tony yeah, was
0: yeah. this Chinese guy barely spoke English and Bro. he had it. It was so freaking great to experience that Dude, with him because he was like, it was hard for him to put it into English words. Yeah, but yeah. the smile on his face that next night oh. was hysterical. And he
2: had no frame of reference. He's like, yeah, I don't know. He was literally wearing jeans, a crazy belt with a crazy buckle, and two collared, <laughs> buttoned-up shirts. I'm like. Hey man, you comfortable? He's like everything's great. I'm like, <laughs>
0: I'm yeah. like, dude, what? He's like an architectural engineer or mechanical engineer or something like yeah, that. He's oh, like a yeah. genius. Yeah, yeah. he's like a genius yeah, guy. Yeah. He's in a room with so, these yeah, idiots. Yeah. He was just
2: standing up <laughs> a lot. He was like yeah. standing randomly in a kitchen or putting his coat on and off a bunch.
0: Yeah, I That's was like calling what? him Tony Romo because he just kept like roaming <laughs> yeah. around the house while everybody's tripping on freaking ayahuasca. But <laughs> He's uh, a He's so a wild boy. that second night though, just kind of like try to encapsulate what my experience was. That second night was when I took the first cup. Um, you know, I kind of got back in my spot and. Pretty quickly, I started realizing that, oh, I was going to experience some shit tonight. So it was a very visually beautiful and pleasing mm-hmm. uh, trip that I had. Um, the geometric patterns and the shapes and the colors were so bright and loud. And they had the shapes had so much depth to them, so it wasn't like a flat picture. It was like constantly moving and changing. And I think you experienced this a lot of times when you trip on like mushrooms or even acid you see like a rainbow grid or you see like geometric patterns but this was the most vivid i've ever seen anything and then that's kind of when i was like oh this is really nice and beautiful but where's the work like i know i'm here to deal with some shit (laughs) then i you know went pretty deep into some sad emotions that i had to deal with and then two hours into that journey you know he the shaman plays a a freaking pan flute and a, <laughs> like, a, a, like a thing of feathers. And then that's kind of when you know second cup time is coming up. Now, not everybody's going to take a sep- second cup. There's one guy who took one cup both nights and he was off to the races. Mm-hmm. And some people – and the shaman, if he's good and paying attention, I think he also was very aware of like, okay, you're good. If yeah. you take any more, it might be yeah. too much. Um, but I think a lot of times it's you need that second cup to – get to the spot where you really need Mm -hmm. to be. So I thought taking the second cup, I was gonna like lay back down and dive deeper into my emotions and these things I needed to deal with. And it became pretty obvious pretty quickly to me that therapy was over and now I was off on a fucking journey through the galaxies. And uh, (laughs) it was a wild trip that just never faded. As the night went on, I thought like, oh, this is going to start relaxing a little bit. Uh -uh. And then another wave would hit me, and it would be more powerful than the last time. But I was able to experience like a little socializing that second night out at the campfire with some of the other people who were going through it, and they were tripping their balls off too. And uh, the visuals, the body feeling, uh, I did have a sense of in that second... um, part of the night where um there was a a wave of self-love that came over Mm -hmm. me i remember listening to the music um that he was playing and and every movement of my fingers and like if i touched my fingers together like colors would burst out of it and i would feel the sense of the colors which is kind of hard to explain but it felt very beautiful and (laughs) and it was like a pleasing feeling and then i remember having a thought of like oh this vessel that we're in is very fragile and like, you should probably take care of it. Yeah. So, like, my final lesson for the night before I went around uh, like Neptune was uh, <laughs> like, take care of your body. Stop falling off on your diet. Stop falling off on your fitness schedule. Like, take it seriously because as you get older, it's going to be a little more difficult. But yeah. also, you have a son and you want to yeah. live long and be healthy and set a good example for him. So, like, Take care of this vessel that you've been given, and then after, from that point on, it was go just have some like, fun. yeah, it was just like, it now smacked you on the butt. Now go like, ahead, go, yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think
2: that's it's what it does. It gives you you get these little lessons, and then at some point, it's just like, all right, you good, you got it. That's enough for now, and then you can go off and have like a good like a good time. And sometimes people just have an experience where it's just they're showered in this like love and this warmth and this feeling that. They're like, I didn't really get this like insider what and it's like, yeah, you just needed a hug today. Like mm. you needed that as your healing, you know? You said you got
1: sent off into the galaxies. Like, what do you mean by that?
0: <sighs> um, I mean the all right, so there was one point where I'm laying in my spot and uh, there's a guy next to me, Marco, who I've never witnessed anybody throw up as much as marco threw up this it, that was, it, was,
2: it was impressive and what what seemed <laughs> to wins, happen was
0: the medicine would bring you to something that you needed to face right something you suppressed and then typically you would then have this feeling of uh needing to purge that out and then you would physically purge it out either throwing up or whatever and uh and then after that it's like whew, like oh i don't have to carry that anymore So it's almost as if, if, and this is the way it feels like, and the way I perceived it was, it found the thing I needed to deal with. It allowed me to go through that experience, finding some sort of resolution or answer or at least direction. And then it got rid of it out of my body for me, so I didn't have to carry it anymore. Oh, yeah, I threw up quite a bit. Um, Oh, wow. You uh, normally do, too? I don't
2: don't purge uh, with... I don't throw up very often. I don't purge like that. Um, mm. I have different kinds of purges. Like, so for instance, when we were talking about the guy that was to the left of me, um, when he had that experience with his inner child, he was purging through tears. So that's an energetic release as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, you can do like big yawns, like your head almost freaking, you know, your jaw like unhinges. You're yawning so big. You know what I mean? It's like, ah. Just getting that out that way. Um, you could probably scream if you wanted to. Yeah, most people don't. Like yeah. there is like uh, there is kind of like a vibe of like keep it keep things like to yourself as best as you yeah. can to not disrupt other people's experiences. Sure. But yeah, uh, the actually like physically purging like vomiting is is like a normal part of it. Um, I was I did one time and it was it was late night the first night. It was like way after. It's not and it literally. It's not because your stomach is upset from the medicine most mm-hmm. of the time. For me, it's not. It, it is, like Mike said, it's energetically something starts to like get raised in your body, and then, um, and then you'll, you'll purge. And most of the time, you'll have an awareness of what that was that you purged. Um, so you'll have a vision of exactly what you're releasing mm. and, and letting go. Whoa. So it's really interesting, and um, the music and wow. the sound has a lot to to do to with that, that too. So a lot of times, what you'll you'll hear is a song will start or some music will start, and all you'll start to feel it. You'll start to like vibrate a little bit. You'll feel like your your energy start to like your frequency start to like raise, um, which can cause discomfort. You're like, what the hell is this? You maybe you get start to get hot um and it's almost like a wave you'll hear like oh it's starting over in the left you get somebody somebody's over there hurling and then boom it hits the next person it hits the next person and (laughs) it just comes right around the room you're like fuck i guess i'm next you know what (laughs) i mean and boom it'll hit you and then move right on to the next and you can feel it like there's a wave that will move through through that room and that's really what um the medicine carrier the shaman uh the ayahuascaro they have different names but what their job is is kind of to like move that energy throughout the space knowing that everybody's in their own individual journey but also um they're there to like help get you to to those levels um so they may hit you with something that really like vibrates up and, and gets everybody to like purge and then right on cue after that it's like some beautiful song that will like mm-hmm. come in and lift you right back out of that and kind of like reset the the energy which mm. is like very weird to say to when there's not a frame of reference like speaking to you and you're like well, what are you saying <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like when mike's like yeah and then blast blasted around neptune or whatever it's just like a joke to say like there's we're failing at words to describe things that just don't have um there aren't words to describe some of the things. Sure. So it comes up sounding freaking ridiculous. Yeah. You're like, I, I don't know what to say. And yeah. sometimes the visions and the things are coming to you so fast um, that you're having a hard, like I'm having a hard time, like understanding what's what it's showing me. And you're just like, okay, this is pretty or This is a cool thing that geometric kind of thing that I'm in, but like, what is this space that I'm in? Like, where am I? And mm. what does this, how does this, uh, how does this relate to my my life back here when I come out of this experience, right? Yeah, because
1: you're almost like two different people. Like in that experience, you're almost like a different person. Like you're experiencing so many different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I almost like multiple. And then, lives then you go back, and then you
0: go back into this life. Yeah. And but how do you apply those lessons? I think yeah. when you're in the medicine that that deeply, you're more accurately who you actually are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like he mentioned earlier, it's like uh, it it's a lot of people kind of explain it as like, oh, I had like an ego death, right? Yeah. That first night for me where I was so distracted and and caught up in what everybody else was thinking of me and my experience, like that's my ego getting in my way, right? And this is something that I have a hard time dealing with Mm -hmm. just in regular life. That second night was like, I think the first night it kind of like allowed me to identify that. And then the second night was a part of it was just kind of letting that go. So laying there as a 40 year old man in a room of strangers the only person who i really know is Pete and then crying uncontrollably when i feel this sadness when i think of my my son is like not an easy thing to do necessarily now i am a little more like emotionally uh available let's say like I don't really necessarily have a problem crying in front of other people or mm. men or whatever mm. um, if it warrants it but it's like you know it's still a thing where you kind of Put up a wall right you don't want to let everybody know how deeply uh you know tarnished you might be you know you're walking around like you're a superman but really you're dealing with some heavy shit inside right so yeah. letting letting people realize like oh this guy he's dealing with some shit, is not necessarily an easy thing to do so i had like kind of like a little bit of an ego death there just allowing myself to be myself i guess is mm-hmm. the best way to explain it and And there's no nothing to inhibit you from like not just feeling what you truly feel and expressing that outwardly where other people can identify that as well um so it was like a really um really grounding experience for me um and taught me a lot about loving myself but then also having empathy for others the other people in the room and others around me Mm -hmm. which is where i think that's huge my feeling of connection to these people who i still don't really know who they are just going through that first ceremony and then especially the second ceremony um like these people are my brothers and sisters that i went to war with almost you know we went through this journey of healing Mm -hmm. together everybody's thing looked a little bit different yeah but we all woke up that next morning go That was wild. Yeah, you give everybody a hug. You're
2: like, "Hey, yeah. how you feeling?" We'll do an integration tomorrow night with that group, so everybody oh, really? everybody should be on, um, and we'll start to integrate. But even when I this is the first time I've seen Mike since last weekend, so yeah. when he came in, I'm like, "How you feeling?" He's like, "Good," um, and that's great. Um, for me, I had the first time ever. I feel like I came out of the ceremony felt great, and then like a couple of days in, um, I was just having like. I don't know. I was just having feelings uh, of discomfort and just some not normal feelings that that I typically have. But um, I was able to identify what they were, uh, speak to my wife about it, just talk talk it out, and bring some things up um, that I guess I wouldn't have brought up if it wasn't like it was just weighing on me, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was something oh, yeah. that came up, and mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, like, hey, I need more hugs. From you, do you know what I mean? Like just something simple <laughs> yeah. that you're like, yeah. I'm not trying to yeah. like be any kind of way here, but I need to just say something that like I need, and that's just one, you know, one example. But it does, it really does, um, you know, it really does open you up. And and uh, I think you know one of the biggest lessons you can take away from an experience like this is just in general when you're looking for answers. I think we're all looking for answers. Um, so everything we've said here is just subjective, right? Um, we're having subjective experiences. Each person is, and your life is kind of you're making decisions. you're you're kind of being guided by, you know, these insights that you've had your, in your life, right? Yeah. And sometimes you're guided by the wrong people or the wrong ideas. Um, but what I would say is that if you truly want to do work to be a better person and heal and just be be better, show up better in the world, um, it's it's an inward journey you go inward right oh, yeah. so um, when you speak to people who when you're talking about Christ or you're talking about faith or you're talking about any 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 religion, any sort of uh, people that want to say they're like spiritually connected um, that's an inward that's an inward journey so and that is where everything is like that's where you find your connection to that source. it's right yeah. there. it's mm-hmm. so close that you're like, oh why am I searching all <laughs> okay. over? out here for all of these answers yeah. when literally like if you can truly go inward um you'll find answers and you'll find that that thing that mike just said of like um i don't really know this person but i feel empathy for them or i care for them and it's like it, how beautiful is that yeah. isn't that really like what the world needs like to heal it's like if you're healing yourself you're you're doing such a big part for Ever, for all of humanity yeah
1: for sure yeah. you had a really interesting way of i think it was a kind of like almost explaining god and how we're all you know connected mm-hmm. and i think it was something to do with like lights almost can you explain that again
2: yeah i wonder how i put that to you that time um a lot of times i i picture it as like um our connection to, to source is, and it's been shown to me a couple of different ways, but one of them being like, if source was just you know just pictured as like, uh, here's a circle, and then off of that circle are just all of these like tails, these tentacles that come off, right? Um, I'm one of those tentacles. Mike is. You are, Zach. Um, you know, and basically, we're, we're an expression of source, just having a subjective experience, and our experiences feed back to, to that source. So what happens is, when um, you know when everything was created, right? And if you are believing that there's like these multiple dimensions, well, one dimension, and then two, and then three, that one, that source, starts to fractal out into multiple dimensions and smaller and smaller pieces, right? So at some point, it creates uh, planets, then it creates things to live on that planet, and it creates a system for all of these things to live. But it's all the same thing that plant that animal that person are all have a string that connects directly back to to source so it is source experiencing itself so it's like an animal eats a plant and it nourishes the animal whatever it it's source eating source it's a very weird thing to like yeah, you know what i mean yeah. so like when we're talking to each other and looking each other in the eyes it's source looking at itself through a different perspective right so it gets to experience and then what's happening is we are all our own little planets and we have our own you know our own universe that we're creating through our experience so that then fractals out into our children and the people that we come in contact with and it keeps going and then that all feeds back to source so it's this thing that's being co-created um but we're not separate from any of it Mm -hmm. we are all the same thing we're just a piece of it so everybody has like if it was a light um if i said something about that then it was probably that we all have like the spark like a divine spark within us right yeah um and that light is the animating feature so like if you want to call god like the animator right it's what animates it what it's what moves it what um it it wants to create giant floor is calling me that's cool doesn't get bigger (laughs) than giant um (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that, it's like that, that spark, that animating force is in everything, right? A seed drops into the ground and it knows exactly what to do. Has Mm -hmm. all the programming built right into grow into a tree. Right. Um, so that, that spark that's within all of us, that is the animator saying like, go do the thing that you love to do. Go be animated, go create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's a creative force. Think about it. Like this whole thing that we live in is based on creativity yeah. things are being created out of nothing mm. everything that exists yeah. on this planet yeah, we're all creators yeah, yeah. and it all cr- was created from what just raw materials that are here mm. and and thought yeah. yeah
0: yeah now contrast that with like societally or through schooling or television programming or whatever where we're led to believe that this is completely random. That we're nobody special. Just go to work, you know. Mm-hmm. Go to school, get in debt, go to work to pay that off for the rest of your life, and then you might have like five years at the end of your life where you can kind of just do whatever you want. And it's I think there is a concerted effort by they, whatever, you know, uh, a, a maybe an opposing energy to to divide us in that way, right? Because mm-hmm. like what Pete's saying is that whether you get to this through meditation or ayahuasca or a mushroom trip or religion and prayer mm-hmm. as long as you have the basis of that we are all connected and we're all kind of working towards the same uh, the same path right the same end result which mm-hmm. is i want to live a happy and fulfilling life and i want to uh, provide for the people that I care about, and I want people, you know, I want to give respect out and receive it in the same way, mm-hmm. um, this creates a better world, you know, for everybody, right, to kind of be a little cheesy about it. But the division and the uh, the way that we're being taught uh, to believe that we are completely separate that there are oppressors and the oppressed and that everything should be viewed through this divisive (laughs) lens, whether it's politically or societally or whatever, it is like a concerted effort in my belief that um, to kind of like break the energy that I felt last weekend, That's evil. which is Mm -hmm. evil, right? So if you believe in good versus evil or like, you know, uh, angels and demons or whatever it is, you know, God and the devil, this is kind of like all the same thing, which is, is kind of another piece that I learned this past weekend or something I already felt, but it kinda helped solidify it a little more, which was that, you know, there is a good versus evil type of thing going on. Whether you believe it's just like energies or you believe it's actually like demons and, and angels, whatever. Um, to and the and the war is to separate us individually so much that we can never build towards this greater thing. Yeah. Right. So, um, the the ayahuasca journey i think is just one tool that you can use to help remind yourself mm-hmm. like oh there's like a much bigger thing going on here yeah, yeah. that i have no understanding <laughs> of at mm-hmm. all but That's all i do know is i want to play a part <laughs> in a positive on good, way on the good yeah. side yeah i'm on the good side mm-hmm. of this battle for sure I love yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah is uh is this legal
2: Yes, it's legal in um, it's legal in many countries. It's legal in uh, California right now, as far as like states go. I think Oregon um, as well. Maybe yeah, probably the weird yeah. states will will come over first, yeah. and then it'll go right. from there. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot more of this type of of thing. Sure. Um, you know, over the next you know ten twenty years, it's going to be way more common um, as far as like plant medicine because. Um, it's it's healing people and at yeah. some point the um you know the corporations that are putting things into pills to kind of like solve problems and make billions of dollars um you know they're scared of it in one way. The other side is they're going to try to synthesize it and sell it as a pill. So, um, you know, be careful with that as well, right? Yeah, um, no, But there's there's all sorts of therapies that are, are being um, studied and made legal now. They have MDMA therapies. They have um, ketamine. They have uh, psilocybin studies that's gone through uh, review and all that stuff. So it's getting there. Um, but again, it's... Um, it's interesting, right? Legal is funny because like if you would to say that if you'd go into like the Amazon and ask, you know, one of the indigenous people like, "Hey, is this stuff legal?" He'd be like, "The hell is legal?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's I got a plant from over here, 3 miles away there's another plant. We yeah. figured out about 5,000 years ago, you know, there's millions of different plants in the Amazon and they just took two random ones and put them together and it did this thing. Crazy. Yeah. So, they don't even know where it came from. Yeah. You know, they're like, "We don't know who yeah. the hell did it." And it's like um,
0: Another really cool so, yeah. experience was uh, the shaman. And I don't know how some of the other ones do it. I'm sure it's like a similar thing, but he gave a lot of history, a yeah. lot of perspective on yeah. how it's been used over the last thou- thousands of years and things to look out for mm-hmm. and um, yeah. kind of like how it connects to um, like different planes of existence or. Uh, like programming through school and TV and governments and stuff like that. There was a lot of different like perspective given, even yeah. like aliens and and uh, you know the universe as a whole and what might be out there. Yeah. There was a lot of like connections made throughout the weekend. Yeah, that was like. Sh- I didn't bring my tinfoil hat, but I feel like this is the time where I should put it on. Yeah. But it made so much sense, especially after going through the experience. Like, oh yeah, I could see how that could. And the interesting be- thing is, most
2: uh, <laughs> most of the respected you know medicine carriers, they're going to tell you what um, what they believe or what they may have experienced, but they're going to also tell you that like no one has this all figured out. So anybody you anybody who says, hey, I have You know, I gatekeep this information. Come to me because I have all of this figured out. Um, That's you know, be wary of that type of person or that type of thing. They're they're mostly telling you the ones that are like actually like legit people are like this is how I use it. This is how it's it's worked for me. And I don't know. No one knows what the hell this thing is. No Mm -hmm. one knows what we're connecting with. No one knows what this really truly is. But over, it's overall and it's, it's powerful and positive. Like that is the experience that most people are saying they're having with it. Sure. But to say like what it is, right. He's kind of like, he even said, he's like, nobody knows what this thing is or where yeah. it came from or how it's here, how this is possible Right? because you experience magic. You experience things that you're like, how is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, how are these things happening? Yeah. Um, That's and crazy. I would, I would argue that it's not just happening like, in your brain, it's happening, um, it's just opening you up to to other possibilities. And that can be very tough to come back from because you come back and then you're like, all right, man, I gotta go buy some milk and eggs. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like what? You know, Mike's like, yeah, I just traveled to Neptune. It's like, um, <laughs> yeah. so you have to find ways to like ground that like back into, into reality. And ultimately, like I always kind of joke with like, hey, I'm gonna come home with some homework.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I'm basically yeah, going to yeah.
2: come I'm gonna come out of this with homework. So you bring a little notebook and you you write down uh, the things that come to you and you go integrate it. Because if you have this type of experience um, and then don't integrate it at all, you just had an experience. Yeah, like, a, you have an experience that will fade. Like going to see a movie. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. You might have to see the movie in three years again because you're like, oh, I forgot what the heck that was even about. Yeah. But yeah. if you start taking notes on that movie and find the scenes you really liked and recreate those scenes or um, you can really use this to, um, to go to work because what it, what it really is doing, I think in, in my experience is it's showing you the potential. It's saying like, here's what you can be. Here's what you can have. Here's like how you can experience more of whatever in your life, right? Like go experience more abundance. How do you do that? And it'll show you. And then it's like, Oh, cool. You don't want to do the hard work. Whatever, dude. See you next time, and I'll (laughs) be telling you the same shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow.
1: What do you think would happen to the world if, like, every person that was an adult had a dosage of this? Like, what do you think would happen (laughs) to the entire world? Like, you know, how we're all divided right now and, you know, political and, you know, U.S. and China and Russia and all that? Yeah. What do you think would happen?
0: I think it would be a net positive for sure. Because like Pete said earlier, like you can't go through this and come out a shittier person. Yeah. It's not really pop. You might come out the same person, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to come out worse off than you were. Um, And you are going to look at other people and their experience as more of a shared experience um, instead of like, Oh, they're just doing their own thing. Like, and I'm doing my thing. No, there's connections. um, When you are networked with people like, you know, in your town or, in your business network or whatever like your experiences do affect somebody else right it's like the boss who shows up to work yells at his workers every day about how much they suck and then wonders why that they're not trying as much anymore why you know sales are down or whatever it's that negative energy rippled out and influenced everybody else to throw their hands up and say well i guess that's that's it. That's just the way it's going to be. There's mm-hmm. nothing I could do to make it better. Right. Um, so I think it would it would be a net positive. I I not uh, medical advice at all, but I would recommend probably everybody, you know, with maybe some rare exceptions, somebody's dealing with some major like mm-hmm. schizophrenia or something like that, and wouldn't be able to come back from an experience like this to to um, to maybe consider, you know experiencing ayahuasca um Mm. but i think you could have similar outcomes through prayer meditation or you know yeah breathing yeah the way the way it's
2: been this the way that's kind of been like explained to me or shown to me is kind of like yoga meditation all those things are like the foundation they're building blocks right breathing breathing is huge um that's been shown to me a lot that like the power of that and i'm not great at any of those things that i just mentioned i'm like very beginner at all of them Um, but they're kind of these building blocks and what kind of like a plant medicine or like a, even, you know, like a mushroom, like a higher dose mushroom experience can kind of like bypass a lot of that work and just plop you in this space that like, Mm -hmm. eventually you'll get to through prayer, meditation, breathing and stuff like that. It'll get you there and show you a glimpse of it, but then you're back exactly where you, where you left off. Whereas with the prayer meditation and stuff, it's these building blocks that, Every time you you would ascend up a little higher, you're going to come back to that heightened spot because you built yeah. the, you've done the foundation. Right. Um, so it's really something that should be done in conjunction. So after my first ceremonies, um, I came back and I I started a regular meditation and yoga practice, and that's been going on for a year now. Wow. So. Um, yeah. no, I guess it wasn't after my first. My first one, I bought the yoga mat and just drove around with it in my car <laughs> for like a year, and that was an example of like, fuck, I really need to do this thing. Um, and then when I did, the benefits of it were were just were huge. So, um, you know, now if I just need some clarity on something, I can just breathe for two or three minutes before making a decision or going into something, and it will kind of like really clear me up and reset me for the next things I need to do. Um, and it's nice because you'll be tested. Like you'll be tested on all these things. It's like, definitely. oh, cool, man. You're more patient than you were before. Here's some annoying bullshit to deal with. And you're like, oh god, <laughs> oh, yeah. here we yeah. go. Yeah. Breathe, man, baby.
0: Here's where you know believers in God will find a uh, connection to mm-hmm. that experience. Right yeah. when you start praying and you start, you know, you start uh, relinquishing control and you realize that it's not all up to me and yeah. whatever's gonna happen's gonna happen. And then. Yeah and then you get tested, right? Your faith gets tested. It's the same exact experience that somebody like that would have. So, right. um yeah, it's it's it is funny. It's like, "Oh yeah, you got this newfound patience, huh? Mm-hmm. We'll see about that." Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then you'll really find out and I'm like, "Okay, am I doing am I making progress or am I just aware of something now that I'm never going to address or fix?" Definitely. right? So, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's uh it's been wild. It's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, Sweet. I think
2: you gotta get going pretty soon. I got about three minutes, and I'll be out. So yeah. anything you want to do to wrap it up, we'll wrap yeah. up. But yeah.
0: I, I'll share one experience yeah. around the sure. uh, Andromeda wherever I visited, um, <laughs> which is which was pretty cool. I was laying there after I took the second cup the second night, and I have a shirt over my head. I'm laying on my yoga mat, and I got my hands over my uh, face like this, and I'm enjoying the light show. The shapes, the colors are the brightest colors I've ever seen in my life. And then there's a point in that experience where I go, Am I breathing? And then I went, <sighs> I'm like, oh yeah, I am breathing. Yeah. And I realized that the colors were so loud that I couldn't even hear myself breathing. And I had my hands cupped over my nose. So you would think it would be amplified and be easier to hear that. <laughs> and then it like and then once I'm like, oh, I am breathing. Cool. I know that I'm gonna, I'm not gonna choke to death here. And then I go back into the experience in the light show and it's just like when I say like I visited Neptune or whatever, that's just what I'm talking about. It's just yeah. like this crazy outer body, beautiful experience that no words can ever mm-hmm. explain what I saw. But if you do ayahuasca, you probably saw something pretty yeah. similar that night. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, it was cool. pretty
2: funny going into that second night. Mike went, he kind of went back to his mat, and it was weird talking and joking. It's very light going into that second night because you kind of are like, all right, we all lived. It's all good, right? Right. Let's let's get this party started. And he he was like. All right, see you guys on Neptune. You know? <laughs> and it was like we all just kind of laughed and you, you go through it. So um yeah, man. It's uh it's a it's a wild ride. And um, you know, um I think the the overall message here is just like uh keep working on yourself, you know. Whether, whatever that is to you, just keep uh being aware. I think it's awareness. Oh right? yeah, I it's do it's knowing that like listen, I'm not perfect. I'm not pretending to be perfect, right. I'm trying to get there i'll try to get there and i'll never get we're never going to arrive no never we're never going to arrive at perfect um but the pursuit of constantly improving and being better um if it's done with a genuine heart i think is going to land us all in a better place mm. you know i love that man mm. yeah. yeah sweet
1: well it's been, a, it's been a hell of a ride in this podcast yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah this was for fun yeah, bro. yeah thanks Appreciate brother you guys coming on um, i have to do it again and really kind of get into each of your stories and stuff like that for so, sure. Anytime. Yeah. yeah, man. It's been awesome. Sweet. Thanks, brother. Yes, sir. It's good seeing you. Next. Peace. All right, sign we out. out.